I invite you to stand as you are able for the gospel reading. And it's long again this week, so you have permission to sit down if it's uh, too tiring. The gospel is taken from the ninth chapter of John. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus, made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Salome and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So again they said to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. He said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? 
He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys him, his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking to you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees heard him, near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you are blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A few people this morning noticed that uh, I'm wearing eyeglasses today. I normally wear contact lens almost all the time for convenience and vanity. There I said it, I confess. <laughs> I, uh, I got my first pair of glasses in the fifth grade. During those health checks the teachers used to do at the, at the beginning of the year, you know, where they check your eyes and weigh you and measure you and all. Um, it was my turn to do the eye chart, and uh, I had the whole class laughing because I could... I couldn't see it, and I was guessing, and they had me in tears. It was so bad. So I went to the nurse, the school nurse, and she checked and confirmed that, yes, you were uh, not seeing too good. And uh, so I got my first pair of eyeglasses, and when I came out from the optometrist office that evening, Daddy made me take them off, look at the signs and the trees, and put them back on and notice how much better I could see with the glasses. He wanted to make certain I knew the difference they could make. So I had to learn to see with those, those little horn rim glasses like so many little boys had way back because my field of vision was limited. I had to turn my head more to get it in and had to deal with uh, rain on rainy days, spotting the glasses up. It, it made playing outfield in Little League really difficult as the Raindrops on rainy days would burst into rainbows on the lenses. The glasses would fog up as you 
I came in on cold days and playing basketball in the backyard. Uh, Mom really loved that because I broke at least one set of frames every year. And then I got to college and had to learn how to see again when I got contacts. That was so nice to be able to play sports and do things and not worry about glasses. Time passed and I had to learn to see again with bifocals. Some things about age aren't necessarily privileges. Recently, I got this new pair of glasses and I had to learn to see again because they're progressive bifocals, which means there's, ends up there's three fields of vision there, focus points. And uh, you have to learn how to move my head and then recognize the places on the lens that don't have any use in focus. But I feel like I've always been trying to learn how to see again. And today I want us to consider seeing. The words of the wise old priest Samuel in the Old Testament paired with our reading in the gospel and our Lenten theme of seeking, trying to see and recognize Jesus in our presence, have been my interpretive lens for this week. In 1 Samuel 16, God has sent Samuel to anoint a new king for Israel. And Samuel comes into Jesse's house in Bethlehem and he meets the oldest son. And he's just astounded. He looks so big and strong and athletic. And, and Samuel thinks, surely this is the one. But did you notice what God said to correct Samuel's vision? Do not look on, the appear- on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord looks deeper than our superficial appearances. And we know eventually Samuel, as we heard read, went on and anointed David, and the rest is history. So I've been wondering, how might Jesus be teaching us to see again in today's story? Maybe how to see more as God sees, even if we can't see the heart. In the Gospel of John, the miracles Jesus does are called signs. And the signs, just like road signs, help us see more clearly the true divinity, the true identity of Jesus. And there are seven signs in the book of John, plus the resurrection There was water to wine at the wedding in Cana in Galilee, and we see that Jesus provides in abundance and enjoys human celebrations like we do. Then there's healing of the official slave and the healing of the paralytic at the pool in Bethsaida. And we see Jesus' compassion, his care for even those that aren't Jewish, and Jesus' power to heal even when he's not physically present, just speaking the word, and the servant was healed. We see Jesus' power over creation in feeding the 5,000, his compassion and abundance and care. We see his power over the laws of nature in walking on the water. And the seventh sign, he raises Lazarus from the dead. We see Jesus' power over even death. Each sign adds a little bit more to how we see and recognize the true identity of Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Today's reading is the sixth 
of those seven signs. Jesus heals a man born with blindness. Jesus literally gives him sight as the story teaches us how we too need to develop the faith to see again or to see clearly spiritually. And just as we learn to see physically throughout our lives, the man born with blindness and the Pharisees learned to see Jesus spiritually differently. Let's look at the man born with blindness first. <clears throat> Annie Dillard wrote an essay entitled Seeing in her book Pilgrim at Tinker Creek a number of years ago. And in that essay, she references a scientific book from 1960 that's titled The Perception of Space and Shape in the Congenitally Blind Before and After Operation. You can tell us the scientific research book by the title, right? Well, the authors of the study studied people that were blind from birth but had had cataract surgery that gave them sight for the very first time in their lives. With newfound sight, they had to learn how to see. Now, most of us that have had our sight all our lives think, well, that seems strange. We just kind of take it for granted, don't we? But they literally had no concept of form, distance, size, or shape, not to mention any concept of the sensation of color. It took time for them to learn how to see. And they did things like throwing an object out to learn about distance or learning that the shape they had identified by placing the object on their tongue, what it looked like. Some, in fact, were so overwhelmed with this gift of sight that they expressed the desire for blindness over vision. Can you imagine that? That's overwhelming to ask desire for that, it would seem to us. In today's Bible reading, the man born blind is learning to see. Notice how his spiritual sight develops in the story. In verses 10 and 11, when people ask, how were your eyes open? He says, the man called Jesus. Then the Pharisees pull him in and they decide Jesus must be a sinner because he did work, making mud is work, on the Sabbath. And so they asked the man about Jesus. What do you say about him? It was he who opened your eyes. He said, he's a prophet. So a man, a prophet. And the second time, the Pharisees bring the man back and they berate him about who Jesus is. The formerly blind man is starting to see Jesus a little bit more clearly, isn't he? He tells the Pharisee, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. A man, a prophet, a man from God. Finally, when he's been put out of the synagogue by the religious leaders, Jesus seeks out this formerly blind man himself and inquires about his spiritual sight. Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have seen him, and the one speaking to you is he. He said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. The formerly blind man is learning to see more clearly. Jesus is a man, a prophet, a man from God. Jesus is the son of man. The name that Jesus most often used for himself that references that vision in the book of Daniel. 
And if you think about it, the last two weeks we've heard stories of, of people whose vision, seeing Jesus has improved, right? Nicodemus coming to Jesus under the cover of night, but Nicodemus finally comes back around and sees Jesus as he is after the crucifixion. The Samaritan woman at the well recognized it a little quicker and tells her whole village who Jesus is, and they believe. <clears throat> but the Pharisees, I think, are a contrast for, to the scene of the man born blind, and they're a lesson for us. You see, they refuse to let their seeing of Jesus change. They are locked into their righteous viewpoint and their self-righteous pride. They only see Jesus as a sinner, and they refuse to change how they see him. In part, that's why the concluding remark of Jesus to them is, if you are blind, you would, have not, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. Refusing how to learn to see Jesus again left those stubborn leaders refusing to change and respond in faith to where Jesus would have them come. What might Jesus be teaching us about how to see the world, where and how to see Jesus and our neighbors as Jesus invites us to see them? I wish that seeing Jesus in the world and seeing Jesus in other people was as simple and easy as getting a nice new pair of glasses. You see, the, for me anyway, the story continues to challenge me and to teach me to see again, to see hopefully more and more as Jesus sees the world and others. I can't see a person's heart. You can't see a person's heart. For me, I try to see the world and them through the lens of faith. For example, I try hard to see each person as a beloved and forgiven child of God, just like me, and I'm called to love that person just as Jesus does. But I confess that this is hard when a person has treated me badly or, or adamantly clings to a view that's repressive of a group of humans, a group of God's children. I sometimes struggle to fully see as God's children, as brothers and sisters, those who strongly cling to opinions that are, are adamantly and violently maybe opposed to some I have or might have on some of the world's hot-button issues like abortion or gun violence or immigration reform or refugees or Christian nationalism, you name it. I have to remind myself that we're both seeing issues with human eyes, which means I'm seeing imperfectly rather than seeing as Jesus invites me to see. I don't understand the multiple complicated aspects of human sexuality, gender expression, and related things of creation that are so complex. But I know these folks are created in God's image. They are loved and forgiven by God, and they are my neighbors, and I'm called and sent to love them. So I'm learning to see the beautiful complexities of humans created in God's image. 
as Jesus sees them. So that's me. How about you? You know, I believe that throughout our lives, Jesus continues to teach us how to see more clearly, maybe how to see again. How we see, I think, is key in recognizing where Jesus is leading us individually and corporately. So how can we see again, see more clearly? Just to want to lift up a few ways that um, are available or around that Jesus might use to teach us all to see more clearly spiritually, to see more as Jesus sees rather than just as humans. We participate in worship. We hear songs that move us to a different point. We hear sermons that we may or may not agree with. Talk to the pastor, the preacher about those. It's a good conversation. Maybe it's Bible study with a group of diverse people, different opinions, different ages, different genders and ethnicities and languages. We learn from one another. Read or listen to podcasts of various varied perspectives. Participate in ministries that are outside your comfort zone to encounter and be with and see others as fellow children of God. Listen to others to understand, not just to respond. Listen to understand, to see their perspective and where they're coming from. Of course, daily scripture reading and prayer is, is so key to seeing the world starting off putting those, that, those lens of faith on each day and talk with the pastor. We don't have all the answers, but we're glad to talk with you, listen, wrestle with Scripture, and pray with you. So how might Jesus be teaching you to see again? To see more in the way that that Jesus sees rather than the way that the world and humans normally see things. We see it wasn't easy for the man born blind. The powerful and respected religious establishment leaders berated his new physical sight as well as his new spiritual sight. They wanted to keep everything the way they had it figured out. But I'm reminded, and we should be reminded of God's counsel to Samuel, do not look on the outward appearance or the height of his stature because I rejected that oldest son. For the Lord does not see as mortals see, but the Lord looks on the heart. So look around carefully as you go through this coming week. What and who do you see differently when you look through the lens of faith. I'd love for you to email me stories about who or what you see differently and maybe how you've grown in that encounter, that seeing. May God's Spirit continue to guide us to see the world anew and afresh through the lens of faith. Amen.